The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. And Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. If we walk into a dark room and turn on the light switch, we immediately realize, without ever thinking of it, that that room now is safe and I am, to some extent, in control of that space. If I flick down that switch and the light did not go on, I probably wouldn't enter the room because it wouldn't be safe. I wouldn't be in control. In the morning, for instance, When the sun first comes through the trees, through the window, through the blinds, for instance, there's a sudden feeling of hope, although we never think of it, or seldom. We know that there is a new day out there, and I can function in that space, because there is light. If we enter a tunnel, there might be a feeling of adventure at first, but we also realize there's not much we can do in that tunnel, there's only darkness. And when we come out of it, there's a feeling not only of freedom, but of liberation that we don't think about again. We know that somehow we're back into the world. Instead of being enclosed, we're in a world that's open to everything, beyond our imagination. The tunnel only limited us with its darkness. So it is with light, which the scriptures use over and over again. 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. But this man today becomes a symbol of humanity. Our Lord is leaving Jericho. The sizable crowd, we are told. And a man with a name. It's rare that anyone has a name in the scriptures amongst those whom our Lord cures. Usually it's just a man or a woman. We don't know who it is. They appear, they disappear, as does Bartimaeus. But he has a name, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. That gives him a certain importance in the scriptures. We can name him, we can know him. But very often in the scripture, if the proper name is used, it means that that person was somehow known in the early church. That's with Simon of Cyrene, who, remember St. Mark says in his gospel, the father of Alexander and Rufus, who were evidently known in the early church. He's blind, he's a beggar. He has nothing. Would have been looked down upon as someone who was blind because of his sins or those of his parents. Someone not worth anybody's attention, even his own. He has nothing. He is the ultimate desperate human being because he can't even see. But he hears that it is Jesus of Nazareth. He's heard of him, and he has faith in him, not only as a person, but as the Messiah. Because he uses a messianic title. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. According to St. John Chrysostom, we should all shout that. And don't we all want to shout it? Or we should want to shout it. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He wants pity. He wants mercy. That's what he asks for. Something generic. Mercy and pity. He doesn't specify it yet. He just wants mercy. Because no one's ever shown him anything beyond perhaps a few coins or something to sustain life. So he asks him just for mercy, which we must always begin by doing. Before we do anything else, we ask for mercy. And we do that, we did it today, as always. We began by asking for mercy, again without thinking about it often. And the crowd tries to silence him. He's embarrassing, as the world tries to silence us. The world doesn't want us to shout like that. The world wants us to be silent. The world will shout, but we are not allowed to. So they rebuke him. But he won't stop. He won't stop. He's desperate. He wants something. We are too, but we seldom realize just how desperate we are. Uh, Every morning we should realize that when we get up, how desperate we are, and how wonderful God is to us in our desperation. So he keeps shouting. And the same thing, son of David, have pity. I mean, our Lord seems to ignore him. Of course he isn't. He's simply testing him and strengthening him in faith. This man must persevere, as we must persevere when we go to the Lord. And he will, because he's desperate and realizes it. You and I often don't because we think, one way or another, either I or the world in which I live can take care of all my needs, and of course it can't. And then all of a sudden our Lord stops, and he says, Of course, he heard him from the very beginning. As God, he heard him from all eternity. And he says, call him. He has some friends in the crowd, evidently, the blind man. They say, take courage, take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. 
He threw aside his cloak and sprang up. That's important. The most important thing that he owned. The only thing he probably ever had at all were the few clothes that were on him. The cloak being the most important because it most covered him and gave him warmth. The thing that he really cherished most in all of creation, he throws aside to go to our Lord, as we must throw aside everything when we go to him. Everything. Everything in our lives we must throw aside when we go to the Lord. Because he does. That's really a beautiful symbol. And we can't imagine how important that cloak was to him. And our Lord then says something that seems very strange, doesn't it? What do you want me to do for you? Now let's notice what happens. At this point in the Gospel, St. Jose Maria Escrivá has a very beautiful reflection, a short reflection, on what's about to happen. He says, And now begins a dialogue with God. A marvelous dialogue that moves us and sets our hearts on fire. For you and I are now Bartimaeus. We were from the beginning, actually. We always were. But now in particular in this dialogue, we become Bartimaeus. Our Lord begins the dialogue as he always begins the dialogue. Always. We We think we do, but he always does. Remember once again, <laughs> I've mentioned this before, the Chronicles of Narnia with Aslan, and saying that uh, we were calling on you and said you would not have been calling on me if I had not been first calling you. Our Lord, of course, knows what he wants. Again, as God from all eternity is known. Even as man, from the first moment he asked for mercy, our Lord knew what he wanted. But he asks him what he wants. Because the man must verbalize it. He must express his dependence his nothingness, he must humble himself to ask for what he really needs. So our Lord asks him what he wants. Our Lord knows what we want too. He expects us to come to express our needs before he can give us what we need, which may not be necessarily what we want. In this case, though, the man knows what he wants, obviously, and he says to him, Master, I want to see. I want to see. Our response will be the same in one sense and different in another. We want to see, but we want something of our own, whatever it might be. His sight in this case is the most important thing. Our Lord tells him, go your way, your faith has saved you, and immediately he received his sight. Immediately. You know, when the church is investigating a cause for saints, In miracles, the miracle in that case cannot be gradual. It has to be immediate for the church to accept it as a miracle. If a person, let's say, had incurable cancer and was cured over a period of time, it could be assumed that medical science somehow had broken through or something had responded. But if it's it's immediate, that's a different matter. We'll see that at Lourdes. People are all immediately cured. now, Now comes the moment of truth. What will he do with his sight? Will he go home, have a good time, do all the things he ever wanted to do? No. The gospel tells us he followed him on the way. Followed him on the way. Uh, He wasn't going to let go of him, as we should. Very often when we get what we want, we go back to the way things used to be, don't we? Instead of going forward with the Lord. Instead of staying with him. We want to go back 
You want to start over again? No, 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 don't start over again. Start here and move forward. That's what the Lord is telling us in this. So he's going to follow him. He's not going to let go of him. We don't know how long he will follow him or what he will live to see. In any event, he's going to stay with him. That's important, that following along the way, which too often is ignored. So, can you imagine what he must have looked like as he followed the Lord? Imagine. He must have been running in a very happy sort of way, even jumping up and down. Who knows what he might have been doing? Taking in every last bit of color he could see, whether it be the sky or nature. Even the people around him who despised him would have looked good to him. Those who hated him or rejected him still looked good to him because they could see them. Anything he could see was good. You and I might, of course, always take it for granted. We're very selective in the things that we want to see or that look good to us, but not for him. In fact, he must have looked pretty foolish and even embarrassing to the crowd around him as he ran down the street with him, taking in everything and gazing around in sort of a foolish-looking sort of way. Um, But those are the fools of God. Those are his real followers, the ones who can throw aside their cloak, leave everything else behind, and follow him looking like a fool in the process of doing so, not really caring what the world says or what the voices are saying around him. So it must be with us. We come here to the Eucharist as fools. In a good sense. Remember what St. Peter was, his foolish love, his wild confidence in God? We come here too as foolish people. Um, Foolish in the best sense of the word. Fools for God. Because we see something the world does not see and we're happy about it too. So we have come here because we're going to follow him along the way, as Bartimaeus did. Uh, And and as his strength upon me poured, a thought but struck me dumb. Now that I have received my sight, a fool I must become. So run along and have a foolish day in the sense that God would wish us to be. Let us pray, Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always faithfully follow the Lord in all things. For the healing and strengthening of the Church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, for conversion and healing, we pray to the Lord. For those who are sick and suffering and dying, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, for those who experience alienation and rejection, they may know the healing power of God. For those who are greatly tempted and those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Greater respect for human life, and still this month for the unborn, we pray to the Lord. Lord, An increase in vocations, the priesthood of the consecrated life, those young men and women who will run after the Lord courageously, for greater uh, reverence for the uh, missionary nature of marriage and a single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, and having experienced the healing power of God themselves, they may then give it to others. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, were all going to die on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. <laughs> May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we may hear the voice of God calling us. May we respond with joy and with gladness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the health of the sick as we sing. Amen. 